You need to overcome that fear, buy the first property, and get the ball rolling. Whether it's the, um, the perfect deal or not, I think the most important part is to personally overcome that emotion, that lingering doubt. Welcome to Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Today, our guest is Danny Randazzo. Danny is a real estate investor who has recently achieved financial freedom and financial independence and has left his six-figure corporate job. He's going to tell us all about that. You're going to learn everything about that. And most importantly, you're going to learn the tactics and strategies that he and his wife used to get out of that rat race, get out of that nine to five. Let's be real. It's more than nine to five. And you're going to learn everything about what he was doing. You're going to learn what helped him get out of that rat race, create passive income, and then move on to his new life as a financially free real estate investor. It's a very interesting conversation. Danny's a fun guy to talk to. You're going to enjoy this one. And without further ado, here we go. Danny Randazzo, thank you for joining us today. Taylor, thank you so much for having me on. Happy to be here. Love what you're doing with the show and with the listeners. So however I can add value and help out, I'm, I'm all yours. Great. So you recently uh, left your job, got full-time into real estate. Can you tell the listeners what you used to do and what you're doing now? Yeah, so my background uh, getting started, I you know kind of just grew up in a, a normal everyday family, just like you and I, and was always taught to get a good job, get good grades, or get good grades, get a good job, and kind of followed that path a little bit. And I started out in the in my professional career working as a corporate financial consultant, and so I would travel all over the country and the world working with multi-billion dollar clients to optimize their financial performance and improve their business functions. So, you know, maybe we do something instead of doing A, B, and C, maybe we cut the process down, save time and money and do A and C because B isn't needed or maybe we can implement a new technology to replace the human component of B. And so, that experience working as a financial consultant really allowed me the opportunity to learn how companies at a very high professional level, again, consultants are are paid and charged hourly uh, by their clients and it's a pretty expensive service, but you can easily calculate the return on investment for our companies and that's really how we sold work was about the ROI. and so. I always had that financial mindset of making sure that the best use of our time is put forward. We're gaining optimization as we go and we're getting operating efficiencies along the way. And so while I was doing that, you know, it's a pretty demanding job. You're typically away from your home three, four, sometimes five days a week where you leave on Monday morning in your home, typically on Thursday evening. And so you are home, at home with your family, with your spouse, significant other, usually less than 50% of the time. And so knowing that, having conversations with my wife, who's the girlfriend at the time, we 
decided that we needed to do something different um, in the event, number one, that consulting job changed or went away, and number two, to take control of our time because, you know, traveling, being away more than 50% of the time from the ones that you love and want to be around every single day is a pretty demanding job to have. And so what we did is started to invest in real estate to build income streams that generated cash flow. And so we came up with our targets and our goals and worked very diligently towards achieving those cash flow goals and which I call kind of that freedom number. So the financial freedom number of knowing that your investments or the money that you've made is making money on a monthly basis and it replaces your previous W-2 salary or exceeds or comes pretty darn close, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, but that's what we did. So we were diligent and it's not, you know, I think Grant Cardone says, use real estate as the get rich slow or get super rich slow uh, mentality because it, it took many years to get to that point of quitting the job. But that was always the goal. We sold everything we owned in California, moved to Charleston, South Carolina to really focus on building that portfolio, having income producing assets and diligently worked at that for a few years and finally quit the job and went full-time into real estate and uh, have, have loved the transition ever since then. You know, there's pros and cons and emotions and feelings that come up before making the switch and even after making the switch of, you know, did I make the right decision? Am, am I making a mistake? And then you've got other times where it's like, this is the best decision I've ever made. Uh, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. And so it's balancing those emotions out. And, you know, the other thing that I felt really comfortable with about making that transition and going full time into real estate was having a company that was moving in the right direction. We had steady deal flow. Our company focuses on buying 150 unit plus value add B class apartments in five or six cities that we like. Charlotte, Charleston, Raleigh, Greenville, Orlando, Jacksonville, and Atlanta that have a value add component. And so we're targeting that middle class renter uh, that wants a great place to live at a, an affordable price, maybe 1200 bucks a month. And so that's our niche, that's what we focus on. And we had really good deal flow um, to make that transition and help from a productivity perspective. Mm. Yeah, and I, I want to continue talking about that goal setting and commitment aspect of what you've done, because I think that is not talked about enough or not uh, appreciated enough by the people who want to achieve what you've achieved in creating financial freedom uh, for yourselves and, and for themselves. So, you know, as far as staying committed, I mean, it took you, I don't know how many years, but I've known you a few years. It took you a few years to get where you've gotten today, and I'm sure you've got plenty of goals moving forward, but how do you set an appropriate timeline? How do you stay committed the whole way through? I mean, teach us the nuts and bolts of that commitment here. 
the the commitment the the most important part is that that gut feeling buy-in and complete dedication to what you're doing and that starts even before the goal and so specifically i can remember it you know my wife and i were sitting in california at our dinner table having a conversation about wanting to control our time and that was that trigger where in my gut in my heart it was like this is what we're doing nothing is going to stop us from working on this and so we made the tough decision to move from san francisco to charleston south carolina i think at that table it wasn't something that we <laughs> even thought twice about it was like okay let's move Let's set up our environment for success. Let's be in an area where we can buy in our backyard, where properties are very much so income producing, where as San Francisco, it's a little bit higher barrier to entry just from a capital's perspective. And a lot of those properties have an appreciation play with lower cash flow. But having that initial buy-in is step one, where you know in your heart, in your gut, that I'm doing this and it's a need it's not just a i want to quit my job one day or i want more cash flow it's i need this and nothing's going to stop me and so having that buy-in was the first part and then coming up and establishing your goal i always set a goal and work backwards from it i remember in middle school and high school getting in trouble in math class because i would solve the equation without you know showing my work to it and so i would always kind of solve story problems with the answer and then go back and show the work to get there and so for us what we did is we set up a goal we wanted to make five thousand dollars a month in cash flow and that was our initial goal starting out um, we knew it would take a little bit of time to get there but what i did specifically for the charleston south carolina real estate market i said what do I need to generate $5,000 in cash flow per month? And so I looked at single family. And if you wanted to do a single family house, let's just say on average you cash flow $250 a month, well, you need to get about 40 properties. Um, did I do my math right there? No, for 20 properties to get to $5,000 a month. And that just didn't seem feasible. It also seemed like a lot of effort to buy 20 properties. And I don't think our capital, our equity that we had available would allow us to go through 20 transactions, 20 closings, um, and all of that fun. And so I also looked at multifamily properties and I looked at commercial real estate. And so knowing that my goal was $5,000, again, working backwards, I said, what property can we buy? Should we be looking for? Because if, if you just want to buy a real estate investment, you're probably going to get bogged down with so much property for sale or opportunity that you don't have a laser focus on what you need to buy. And so we started focusing. We said, no single families will come into our deal flow. All we want to look at are commercial and multifamily properties. And so 
the um, the timing was right, uh, our criteria was right, our finances were right, and the right property, uh, an office building, we have six units, um, a Montessori school rents three of those units, and we have other business professionals in the other ones. That property was a million dollars, and it cash flowed for us $5,000 a month. And so knowing that we had that goal, knowing that we had that criteria, that burning desire, that need to achieve it, we bought a commercial asset as our first investment when we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, using all of our own money to prove the concept. And that really got us started. And so, you know, as we've progressed through the years and our business has evolved to where we've got over 150 million in real estate now, our goals have obviously changed a little bit, but that same concept, I apply to every time I set a goal where, you know, if we want to buy a $50 million apartment community, you know, we work backwards as, okay, we're looking for $50 million communities. So if a broker sends over a building that's $5 million, thank you for sending this, but no thank you. I need to stay focused on my goal of going out and buying a, a $50 million or a $10 million, whatever that goal is, get focused on it so you can find, and excuse me, so you can be looking for the opportunity and it'll it'll cross your desk. Hmm. And actively, you know, engaging with the, the brokers and everything. And how about, how do you think about setting up all of the back end to make sure you're actually capable of closing that first transaction and now, you know, significantly more transactions because the mindset is all well and good, but we need to be able to execute as well. Yeah. And again, it comes down to that working backwards technique. So if I'm looking for a million dollar commercial property or multifamily property, you know, you should have conversations with lenders in your area about what rates and terms that they are offering at that time or can work with you on. And so for us, we were able to secure for that first purchase a 20% loan to value loan for our acquisition. And so I knew in Charleston to get 5,000 a month from a commercial property, I needed to be looking at a million dollar commercial building. When I have a million dollar commercial building and I can get 80% loan on it, I need 20% down. So that's 200 grand. So the, now that you've got a tangible number, do you have 200,000 in your bank account? Maybe you've got 50. And so you need to find another 150 to get to your 200,000 to buy that first property. Uh, we're not going to account for reserves or taxes or things like that at this time just for easy math. But you get the point that I'm trying to make is, okay, do you want to buy a $10 million property? You know, you may not be able to get an 80% loan, but figure out what those terms are and get down to how much equity do you need. So I think that's where you were going with things as far as you found it now what do you do to close that property having the equity in place is a huge component to closing the deal having the right team in place the attorney the property manager 
you know, your business plan and strategy, all of those things are really important um, to do along the way. But I think having that equity to buy, because of course the broker is going to want to know, can you close this deal? You know, how many deals have you closed before? And that whole story, that kind of real estate resume is crucial to being able to perform and close and build that relationship with the broker and the buyer that you're going to close the deal. And so, again, work backwards on it. If your goal is to buy a million dollar property, figure out what loan terms you're going to use, figure out how much equity that takes, and then are you personally going to buy it 100% yourself? Are you going to bring investors in for a portion of it? And uh, you can kind of take it from there and run with it. But just saying, I want to buy an income producing property is not the correct way to go about it. You need to say, what is the goal at the end? And then start to work backwards piece by piece that you can figure out, you know, from a financial standpoint, am I doing it on my own? Do I need partners? Do I need investors? So you need to have the whole path laid out in front of you. Uh, very specific criteria of what you're looking for, and so that so that way you can filter those opportunities and and figure out which one is the right one for you when it shows up. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can see the right property when it shows up if you don't know what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Danny, our time, I know our time is short. You've got to run. Here at the end of the show, I've got three questions I ask every guest. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. First one, what is the best investment in real estate that you've ever made? The best investment was that first commercial deal that we did. Um, you know, for me personally, it built that resume, it built the track record, and it was the kind of opportunity to prove to yourself that you know what you're doing, you're an investor, and guess what? I'm putting my money to work, and it's because I believe in it. And so that kind of built, you know, that was just the uh, the, the waterfall effect that got everything started. And so I would say that's the, the best one, kind of my favorite. Cool. Nice. That's great. The second question what is the worst investment you've ever made? The the worst investment I ever made was a uh, a short sale that we ended up flipping, and we we used a contractor to um, do the renovation plan for us, and it, it was very early in our career. Just my wife and I and my brother-in-law were working on it together and a contractor. And I don't think we knew what we didn't know. Um, we luckily bought it right where we we did make money, but I think there was a lot more um, that we could have potentially made if we were able to um, control the, the renovation budget and um, just do a little bit more. But again, a great learning experience and a, a positive outcome, I just felt like it it didn't, the ROI was very low compared to what it should have been. Hmm, okay, good to know. Last question, my favorite one, what is the most important lesson that you've learned in investing? 
The most important lesson that I have learned in investing is you need to get started. You need to overcome that fear, buy the first property, and get the ball rolling. Whether it's the, um, the perfect deal or not, I think the most important part is to personally overcome that emotion, that lingering doubt that sits within all of us in some capacity and put that emotion, that doubt to bed, remove it, throw it away, let the trash people take it all the way to the dump because you don't need that inside of you. And by getting into your first property, either as an active or even a passive investor, if you don't have the experience and the track record, partner with someone who does, and it's gonna build that emotional uh, kind of strength to know that you're an investor and you're gonna be successful. So go and get involved, get your first property under your belt, and the next one will come, two, three, and four. Awesome, I love it. So Danny, thanks for everything today. Where can our listeners get in touch with you? Where can they learn more, your website, all that good stuff? Yeah, to learn more about me, just go to dannyrandazzo.com. And then if you're interested in multifamily investing, go to PassiveInvesting.com and you can learn about our group there. PassiveInvesting.com. That is quite the URL get. That one must not have easy um, been easy to uh, to get your hands on. So uh, Yeah, our group was, uh, was very pleased. We were able to buy it for an undisclosed sum of money and build our um, platform around that. So we're very happy with that investment. Undisclosed does not mean small then. Uh, so anyway... Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and wisdom. Taylor, thank you so much. Passive Wealth Strategies listeners, if there's anything I can do to help, please reach out. They should sure do that. To all the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you are, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That's a big help. It helps other people find out about the show and what we're doing here. If you know someone that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into our little uh, tribe of investors here. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.